This is Shaheen Chaudhary, and welcome to another exciting episode of How I Lead Change, a podcast about executives leading successful human-centric changes in their organizations. I am hosting this podcast from the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territory of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh First Nations. Today on our show, I am honored to be joined by Kathy McNeil, President and Chief Executive Officer of Island Health. Island Health provides healthcare services through a network of hospitals, clinics, centers, health units, and long-term care locations. Island Health, with an annual budget of $2.8 billion, serves more than 850,000 people on Vancouver Island, the islands in the Salish Sea, and the Johnstone Strait and the mainland communities north of Powell River and south of Rivers Inlet. Island Health consists of more than 25,000 medical and non-medical staff. Kathy is an experienced healthcare executive with over 35 years of progressive leadership experience. Kathy started her career in healthcare as a physiotherapist and stays grounded in her purpose to enable people and systems to achieve their highest level of function. Kathy, it is truly an honor and a great pleasure to have you on our podcast today. Well, thank you, Shaheen, and uh, good morning. It's uh, nice to be here, and I'd like to just acknowledge the land I'm speaking to you from. Uh, I have the privilege to do the work that I do on traditional unceded ancestral lands of Coast Salish, New Chalith, and Kwakwakiwak people across Vancouver Island who've stewarded these lands and whose connection to them really is a key part of their health and wellness, and they have much to teach us. And by acknowledging the privilege that we have, we also take the responsibility that goes along with it to ensure that the health system that we lead and I lead in particular, is one that's free from systemic racism and enables health equity. Kathy, thank you very much for that acknowledgement. Uh, well, let's get started and uh, tell us more about yourself and Island Health. Well, great. Um, so I am, as you said, I'm a clinician by training, a physiotherapist. I started my career many, many years ago uh, and uh, through time spent most of my career as a healthcare professional and an executive leader on the East Coast. So I have been in British Columbia now for seven years, but prior to that, I spent 28 years in Nova Scotia and uh, had been an executive in the health system in Nova Scotia. And in 2015, made the, the trek across the country to join the team here at Island Health as an executive vice president for quality, safety, and experience. And at that time, it was a role put together to um, combine our efforts around quality, quality improvement, human resources, leadership development, 
and patient experience and uh, truly was a joy to um, kind of uh, create a team and, and start the work in that direction. Uh, I became president and CEO here in uh, 2018, in February of 2018, so I'm coming up to my four-year uh, anniversary. And uh, as you mentioned, Island Health is, uh, uh, I like to refer to us as a family. It's an organization of now over 25,000 people, uh, physicians, uh, uh, staff, Great. Um, uh, you mentioned the pandemic. Uh, what is driving change in at Island Health uh, in the context of pandemic um, and even before the pandemic started? And, and what do you see uh, driving change uh, in the future? Yeah, it's a, a great question. And so, you know, I think that what the pandemic has done has actually um, amplified or magnified some of um, the challenges that we had pre-pandemic. Um, we in the health system have been talking about the HHR or the health human resource challenges for many years. I think I uh, a previous role I held in uh, Nova Scotia was vice president of people. And uh, back then, that would have been in the uh, late 2000s, we were talking about um, the HHR challenges. And so um, the conversation has been happening for many, many years. What the pandemic has brought to a head is our need for fast action in bringing some solutions to that uh, challenge of uh, the retention, the recruitment, and the support of the health and well-being of our health workforce. Uh, so I say that is one of the biggest change drivers right now is um, addressing uh, our the health and well-being and the sustainability of our own health workforce. And so some of those solutions are innovations in how we do our work, how we implement technology uh, to um, to change the work, and and how we look at where and when we deliver certain healthcare services to change. The, the utilization pattern to move demand away from hospitals as the, the only 24-7 uh, location for healthcare services to explore and develop more community-based options so that we can have a true continuum of care. Um, so I would say those are the big drivers, the drivers around uh, our health workforce, the drivers uh, around the need to adopt innovation uh, quickly, and uh, the need to change the demand patterns um, so that we have a more sustainable system into the future. I think the, the fourth kind of change driver, and we've certainly here in British Columbia experienced this in the last 12 months, has been the impact of the climate on our health and well-being. And, you know, if we think about the long-term change um, driver there, we really need to look at kind of our our patterns and practices in the healthcare system being uh, uh, one, um, how, how we're contributing to the health of our climate and what we need to do differently so that um, we, can, we can change that uh, story and, and change um, our, our ways uh, because these climate crises are certainly having a, a significant impact from the heat dome this summer 
to the uh, to these atmospheric river events and the flooding that we're seeing, uh, and just the health and well-being and the long-term, I would say, community well-being impacts that we're seeing from that climate change. So, so I think that fourth driver is an, an emerging one, again, one that we uh, we had talked about, but I think the urgency around that has really been amplified uh, through the experiences of, of the recent times. Great. Thank you for uh, talking about the emerging, uh, you know, change and the driver regarding the climate change and from the recent events that have happened, especially in British Columbia and many events across the globe. Uh, you also mentioned uh, the, how important people are in, uh, in the role of uh, managing and successfully navigating these change drivers. So that leads us to my next question, Kathy. Tell us about the change journey you're leading at Island Health. Well, I think um, there are four areas of change that, uh, that have been kind of what I would call our strategic framework pre-pandemic. And certainly as we, many organizations, many companies are looking at their strategic plans in the context of the, uh, what, what is now, I'm not even calling it the post-pandemic world, it's the you know, living with pandemic uh, world that we find ourselves in. And I think we find our, our strategic framework still holds true for us. And so the, the areas of quality, quality improvement, uh, uh, the area around employee engagement and culture, and cult the, in particular, I'll speak to um, uh, uh, building our culture of accountability. Um, the area around, I've already spoken to, uh, innovation and uh, the uh, flexibility and adaptability we need to adopt innovation uh, and, and implement. And then the fourth area of change is around uh, systemic racism, addressing systemic racism in the health system and building cultural safety. So those would be the four big kind of change, I guess, pathways that we have embarked upon. Um, and uh, in particular, I would say uh, we've talked, a, a, I mentioned a little bit that shift from acute care to community-based care. And uh, um, in all of that, as you say, the, the, none of this is possible unless we have the hearts and minds of the 25,000 people who do the work here every day um, engaged in the change agenda, aware of it, um, interested in it. Uh, that they've identified what their contribution, what they can do about it. So really, the the, the work that I lead in my role is, is that translation, is ensuring that how we frame our change agenda resonates with all 25,000 and uh, people understand the difference they can make in, in what they do every day here at Island Health to uh, advance that agenda. Thank you for that, uh, Kathy. So you mentioned the change journeys, the different paths uh, that you're seeing at Island Health, and you talked about the people aspect of it. Um, so tell us more about what are the strategies you use to help people adapt to change and uh, at Island Health, and what has been the impact? Yeah, so um, I'm going to answer this in, I think, three different ways. <laughs> One's a very technical way, and then I'll um, expand, or two of them might be very technical. 
So one of the things we uh, observed, and exactly to your point, Shaheen, is um, we're very good at kind of developing projects and de- change projects and chain and project initiatives, um, uh, and um, having a project plan. But we were a bit, I would say, naive in ter- to the personal change, uh, human change factors that needed to be considered in that project management. So we've adopted an approach here to uh, establish an enterprise project uh, management office. And in that enterprise approach, we have, a, um, an, uh, I guess, a, adopted a methodology where we have a change management plan that's developed for each of our project management plans. So we can't do a project unless we've focused and uh, um, recorded, kind of planned the change elements that go along with that. And so we've invested in change management roles. Um, we've in, in, invested in, in a, adopting a, a common set of change management tools that can be used for different circumstances, uh, and that these change managers use that common sense, common set of tools. Uh, so that's kind of one technical way that uh, strategy that we are using here at Island Health. Another uh, strategy to support change uh, and help the people aspect is we focus on what we call the, the what I call the middle. So because we're so large and dispersed uh, across geography and uh, across service lines, our, fr- our frontline leaders, our, our uh, managers, our directors, our executive directors team, um, they play such a critical role in translating the day-to-day to the future state and kind of what these plans are, why the why we're engaging in these plans, um, and uh, and again uncovering having that two listening to their teams about what ideas they have uh, to in terms of solutions to uh, some of the issues that I've I've talked about quality culture innovation and, and uh, uh, systemic racism, uncovering what what they see uh, in their day to day work. So focusing on the middle. Uh, giving them some uh, tools and skills uh, to do that in a, um, I guess, a methodological way, for lack of a better word. Uh, we have embarked upon what we call an ac- the Accountable Leader Program, which is uh, using a set of tools and strategies that have, are evidence-based in the healthcare uh, uh, domain. Uh, we work with a partner, uh, Huron Group, uh, and we use a, a set of um, tools. So, and these tools, uh, the evidence shows that, that act, they improve employee engagement. So, one of the tools is a monthly meeting model, for example, where we have standardized a standard operating t- tool, how we, what, what we cover in our monthly meetings uh, with each other. Um, we also have a stoplight report where uh, staff can see the ideas, the solutions for some of the challenges that they see in their day-to-day work, and their leader, their local leader, tracks progress against those solutions using a stoplight report that's visible that everybody can see. So they not only can see their ideas in print, they can also see um, 
how the progress is being made in terms of implementing them. And sometimes we can't implement them all, but at least closing the loop with people to let them know that. Another strategy that we use in, in this accountable leader program is uh, the power of recognition. And so uh, the evidence around um, the, the significance of having a one-up leader um, recognize the contribution of individuals with a personalized note. And I have to say, uh, personally, as I do this, I, I try and make it a, a habit or a practice that I I write at least 10 of those personalized notes every week. Um, and the feedback has been so surprising to me, uh, the impact that those notes make. So I think in, um, in the efforts that we, uh, the work, I guess the busyness and the intensity of the work that we have in the health system, uh, we just sometimes don't aren't intentional in taking the time to let people know the, the difference that they make. And so that's, that's really uh, the power of these handwritten notes um, is, uh, is letting people know that they matter and that their work is acknowledged, it is seen, and it is making a difference. And I think the other, um, uh, the other kind of secondary benefit of that approach is you grow more of what you go looking for. <laughs> And so the ripple effect of acknowledging what you want to see actually grows more of what you want to see. And so that's, that's another strategy um, that we've uh, undertaken. Um, I think the final uh, strategy, if I can use it, to help people adapt to change uh, um, within our organization is to recognize and realize, and, and this has come through in um, in so many of our uh, uh, discussions and conversations with our partners, whether it be our First Nations partners or community partners, is that change happens through relationship. And so sometimes it takes more time than uh, we may believe it needs to take. But it, it takes that time to build trust through relationship. And um, as, a, as an organization, um, we, because we're so large, um, we have people moving in different roles all the time. And so uh, we have what I call churn. So because there are always lots of opportunities to try new things, but every time there's a new person in a new role, our partners need to get used to somebody new. So it just takes us more time to build those uh, trusting relationships that you can work through um, some of the, I would say some of the bumps of change together. So those would be kind of in three large buckets, strategies that we've employed. Some technical skills and through a change management and an enterprise change office or enterprise project office. Uh, um, the accountable leader program, so focusing on the middle. And then the third one is really working, um, paying attention and being intentional about relationship and the importance of relationship and then allowing that time that we require to um, work through that trust that's developed through relationship. Kathy, um, you uh, talked about the power of recognition and uh, trusting relationships and helping and using that to help people adapt to change. Uh, what one piece of advice would you give other leaders on the importance of managing change? 
Um, so I think coming from that, I w- I'll say I'm going to start where uh, end where we started, <laughs> which is um, I came from one health system in another province, and I thought I knew uh, I thought I knew a lot about healthcare, and I'd worked 28 years in another health system, and I came to this province, and I realized that every system is different. And every organization is different. And so what makes it different is the people, the history, and the relationships that are in that system. And so I guess the one piece of advice is get to know that dynamic in your organization to know how you can leverage those relationships and uh, and and where some of the gaps may be, you know. I think sometimes we um, implement change, and I'll use. Uh, we've had a we had an experience here uh, just as I came to Vancouver Island around implementing electronic health record, and it was a very difficult change initiative, and um, it was it didn't go well. And some of the reasons why it didn't go well is. We had a very fixed project budget and project timeline, and um, and that was not kind of sensitized to the history of that particular team or site, and it wasn't sensitized to the relationships that were or were not there. And so I think as we, uh, at an executive level, look at these big macro enterprise-wide projects, I think we need to break it into smaller pieces and pay attention to the history and and to those relationships, because at the end of the day, that's what will make or break a successful change project is how well people feel that they've been prepared for that change, how well they've been brought along the journey of the why, and whether they've been equipped with the tools that they need to be successful. Um, I think the the other thing is uh, that I've learned in in my ex, uh, experience of, of uh, implementing change uh, over these 35 years is be prepared for the resistance. Uh, resistance is going to happen. It it happens in every system. So resistance isn't a bad thing. You should if you don't have it, that means you are doing something right. But plan for it and have have a strategy to deal with deal with that and usually those strategies for resistance are about the relationships again who who has trusting relationships that can be um, advocates can be translators and can be supporters for what you're trying to accomplish um, so I think that that would probably be I, I guess if there are any words of advice it's that it, it's um, uh, the project itself, uh, you can you can map that well, but if you don't have a, a lens to the history uh, and to those relationships, uh, you may you may be blind to some of the big uh, landmines that are on that journey that you're about to embark on. Thank you, Kathy, for sharing your unique insights and stories of your leadership. You're so welcome. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Well, that's all for today's episode of How I Lead Change. I hope that you can take what you have learned from Kathy 
and incorporate that into your own leadership style. Thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Now go out there and be successful at change. Thank you.